show is brought to you by Gilbert H. Wild and Son, Sun Patience, Arkansas Parks and Tourism, Ralston Family Farms, First Community Bank, and Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. From Moss Mountain Farm in Arkansas, this is the P. Allen Smith Garden Home Podcast that teaches how to grow, cook, decorate, entertain, and sustain in a manner that embraces our collective past and hope for the future. For more information, log on to pallensmith.com. And for a video replay of this podcast, subscribe to P. Allen Smith's YouTube channel and sign up for notifications. Now here's P. Allen Smith. What would life be without herbs? They add so much spice to life, as it were. Um, I'm starting with just some of the basic things that we've pulled from the garden, like rosemary. Um, I know very few people who do not love the flavor of rosemary. Um, it's a woody herb from the Mediterranean, which tells us a lot about how we should grow rosemary um, and, and really a lot about how we should grow many herbs. And we're just going to focus on some of the more common herbs today, some of those that are really easy to grow. What I like about rosemary and the one that we have is called Tuscan Blue. Tuscan Blue is great to cut any time of year. It has a beautiful blue flower that blooms in the very early spring for us, um, and the bees just love it, so it's a good pollinator plant. Um, what I like to do with it um, is use it in lots of different ways. Um, I love to make a in winter, rosemary wreaths, uh, which are gorgeous in the house for aroma, particularly around the holidays. Another thing that you can do um, with with the, an herb like this that's woody, the woody stem is to strip the leaves off and skewer vegetables uh, or meats and put them on the grill. Uh, and you get that essential oil. That's the part of the herb that we're we're smelling is that essential oil and the stem is just full of it. Um, so just imagine um, pieces of chicken, maybe eggplant or peppers and that sort of thing grilled uh, with this skewer of rosemary in it. Another thing that I love about rosemary, at least in my zone 8A garden um, and south of here, um, it makes a great hedge and it's an evergreen, uh, so it cuts very nicely. Uh, whenever we go through and do a lot of cutting of rosemary, I try to think, well, how can I use it? So if we're grilling a lot of chicken or something like that, we'll always have it nearby to throw on the grill to uh, let that essential oil uh, infuse the meats or vegetables. But other herbs that you can use for creating a hedge include uh, basil, oddly enough, one of my favorites. Um, in the past, I've used a tiny leaf basil called a boxwood basil. Makes a beautiful little border around tiny gardens. Um, they're great for containers as well, but boxwood basil is one that you can, can certainly grow from seed. There's a wide range of basils that we've grown, uh, just the standard old sweet basil, which is, which is very, very easy to grow and grows very quickly in the heat. Remember basil, like the rosemary, is going to want full sun. Uh, we've also grown one called African basil that is probably the most floriferous, um, meaning it produces a lot of blooms uh, of all the basils. Um, it has a dark uh, leaf to it um, and a stem that's dark, but lots of purple flowers that are ideal. These flowers are ideal for pollinators. And um, I actually kind of grow it more as an ornamental. Every part of this plant is edible and it's one that works so beautifully, I think, with 
um, coleus and roses and things like that in the garden. So basil is one that you can pick up a pack of seed and sow the seed with rosemary. You probably want to start with some little, little plants, some little transplants that grow very quickly. Uh, rosemary also is a great uh, herb for growing in containers, and I should mention that. I was just reading over a lot of questions from you all this morning, and I noticed there were many questions about can you grow these herbs in containers? And you certainly can. Um, what I find is that the larger the container, the better. Over the years, we have created um, all kinds of herbal containers, small, large, uh, in troughs. Uh, we also accent them with flowers or integrate them among flowers, which makes them very attractive. Uh, also, think about where you place your herbs. Uh, make it handy to the kitchen. Uh, so I love to have a couple of containers clustered maybe by a back door where you can just go out and cut some rosemary, cut off some basil, whatever you, you happen to need. It's fantastic to have it at hand, uh, so to speak. The other thing that I would suggest um, if um, uh, you want to go beyond containers and clustering them in different sizes or one large container with a mixture of herbs, uh, like the pizza pot we, we've done over and over to show kids how to get involved with growing things. They all love pizzas uh, where you can take a, um, a, a strawberry jar and grow all kinds of herbs in it or just a container with uh, many of the elements that one might apply to a tomato paste such as oregano and garlic and that kind of thing growing in a pot. Uh, but taking it a step further, you may want to go to a raised bed. Uh, for years, uh, in our downtown historic district cottage, we have raised beds and I have lots of herbs growing in those. This is ideal because what's wonderful about a raised bed and also a container is that you get good drainage typically. And most of these herbs, having come from the Mediterranean region, really enjoy having that um, the, some moisture, but not standing in water. That's usually the kiss of death for most of them. Um, we did a project several years ago, which we just used ordinary concrete blocks and just made a rectangle, filled it with soil, and that was the basis for a raised bed garden. And it worked beautifully. You have certain herbs like this lavender really like um, calcium rich soils. Um, so think about a concrete block um, and what it's made of, it's mainly lime or limestone makes the soil very sweet. Uh, sticking little lavender plants in those cells um, is a good place to grow uh, lavender. Plus you get it up against a good drainage, that's important. This is a, a, a lavender that I talk a lot about uh, called Provence. Uh, I found that it does the best for us in my zone eight um, bee garden. And I think that uh, it, it really tends to take the heat very well, but I've never had long-term positive results planting this plant directly in the ground. So that's why I'm suggesting either containers or raised beds for, for lavender. It's um, other parts of the country, uh, like um, I have many friends in California, they seem to be able to throw these things out in their window. It hits the ground and grows, but uh, sadly not here. What's wonderful about lavender, um, of course, is its aroma. One of the things you can do if you don't even grow lavender um, is you can buy the lavender blooms and create sachets and put those um, in the pillowcase between 
a pillow um, and the pillowcase, which will make you sleep much better at night. Also taking the essential oil of lavender and putting it in the rinse cycle of your, your uh, bed sheets and, and pillowcases and things like that will give that wonderful fresh lavender aroma. So there are a lot of ways to enjoy these, these plants and the essential oils that they produce. Um, one of the herbs that I, I, I reach for regularly is, is mint. I just, particularly in the summer, I, I like mint and on, on many, many things. Um, I love um, Middle Eastern food. I like mint in yogurts and things like that uh, to put on lamb and so forth. Um, one of the questions that I have, have seen is many of you are interested in how you can uh, root some of these herbs. And I've found that thyme, um, as you can see here, uh, will root very easily in a, in a vase or a, or a bottle. You want to just strip some of the lower limbs off and have a bare stem like this. And we found that by using herbs decoratively, um, using them in bouquets on the table um, where they're all green, but different textures and, uh, of leaves and aroma, um, make, they make a beautiful display. You'll often find the little roots beginning to come out on the side of the stems. This happens with, um, with thyme, um, and it certainly happens with mint. Um, oh, this smells so good. This is a, a spearmint. Um, leaving this in water, you don't ever want to have the, the actual leaves in the water. So strip off the leaves and I'm gonna pull that one out and then just drop those in a little little vase. You can put them in the windowsill and these little guys will root. Now, mint can be a thug in the garden, right? So you, one of the ways to plant it is plant the mint in a container in the ground and that will help contain it uh, to that space. So it doesn't spread all over your flower bed. Trust me here. A little bit of mint goes a long way, and if you do plant it in your garden, be prepared for it to take over or plant it in a way that it is contained. And there are lots of different kinds of mints, as you know. There's, there's, there are, of course, peppermints, uh, but lots of there's orange and uh, chocolate mints, so uh, it's fun just to experiment with these. The other thing I want to point out are the, some of the other savory herbs that I don't have displayed here, um, such as oregano. Uh, it makes a beautiful ground cover, um, and it's a, a, um, a herb that is e extremely easy to grow. Um, another one that I like to, to grow is fennel. Uh, it's delicious on fish. It's decorative as well. Um, I love to use it with um, late fl flowering lilies, particularly the bronze fennel. It's beautiful with roses in the garden. So think about these uh, herbs not only as ways to uh, enliven the meal, but also ways in which they can enliven the garden. Um, one of my favorite little lanyaps that has occurred over time is that we have a patch of dill that continues to, to um, come up every year from seed that drops. So they come up volunteer, and they have these beautiful um, bright green chartreuse-colored uh, umbilifer uh, or umbel-shaped flowers, umbrella-shaped flowers. Those are great in flower arranging. And of course, I love dill. Uh, the flavor of dill is fantastic with relishes and pickles and all that kind of thing. But also they have a decorative and aesthetic 
use, I think, in, when you're doing flower arranging and so forth. If you love ethnic food like I do, then that may direct what you grow. Um, for instance, coriander is fantastic or cilantro uh, as, a, as a fresh herb is delicious and uh, I love guacamole with some cilantro in it. Uh, you wanna plant that very early. In my part of the world, when it gets hot, it tends to bolt, but then the seeds are coriander and those seeds can be collected and saved and ground and used in other dishes. Um, another herb to think about um, is that whole range of onions, right? So you could start with chives, that classic um, herb garden onion, if you will. They're all members of the onion family, so they have the gorgeous purple blooms. Uh, but what I like to do is take the little buds before the blooms open, and those buds are ideal for uh, placing on salads. Get a little little burst of flavor there in a salad. You can also take the, the bloom, if it isn't uh, too mature, um, and tear it apart and sprinkle that on a salad, along with, say, some nasturtium leaves, because nasturtiums and um, uh, the, the chives seem to bloom about the same time. So that's a beautiful combination for a salad. Another thing to think about in the, in the onion family is to grow garlic. Um, we plant garlic in the fall and we also plant another crop in the early spring. And the greens of garlic, um, you, can, you can take these cloves of garlic that you buy at the grocery store, you can plant those cloves and they'll, they'll leaf out and produce another bulb for you with lots of cloves. Uh, but you also get the greens, and those greens are really good to cook with. So every part of that garlic plant is edible, and even when it uh, puts up a stalk with a little bit of a, with a round bloom on it, those really tender early buds are good to sprinkle on a, on a, a, a salad. We have an old-fashioned walking onion. Um, it, it's a great multiplier, and I've used it for years to border beds in our vegetable garden. I can't tell you how many people I have given a start of that onion to. If you have it, you will never go without fresh green onions. And we gather onions from this particular plant 12 months out of the year, so it's very handy to have. Uh, it puts out an interesting flower. Again, the flowers are edible and the green foliage is edible. The white uh, uh, green onion itself that's underground is edible. Another member of this family I'd be remiss to, if I didn't mention, is um, the Chinese uh, garlic chive. This has a beautiful bloom in the late season, uh, typically late August, uh, early September for us. Um, these long drifts of it will put up spikes with these white flowers and the pollinators love them. Again, those flowers are delicious and beautiful on salads. Um, every part of that um, herb is edible. And as the name implies, it truly does have a, a, a very garlicky uh, flavor to it. So um, it's a good one to have around. We've grown it for years at Moss Mountain Farm and love to harvest it and and uh, use it in, in all kinds of soups and things all the way through the winter. I do love the flavor of garlic, and I'm, I'm sure you do too, but another flavor that I love is lemon. And you'd be surprised the number of uh, herbs out there that have a very citrusy sort of flavor to them. Uh, lemon thyme, for instance, is beautiful in containers. It has a, 
a little bit of variegation to it, which makes it, um, I think, even more attractive in containers. Lemongrass, um, if you're into various oriental types of food, it's nice to have lemongrass around because I know a lot of Thai recipes that I enjoy are uh, call for lemongrass. And then, of course, there's lemon balm, which is a member of the, the mint family, so beware. Um, lemon balm has the most lemony kind of leaf to it that you can imagine. And uh, long before lemons were readily available in the 19th century, um, ladies would line the pans of cakes uh, with just a, uh, a yellow cake. And that essential oil from the lemon balm would infuse the cakes, and give them a lemony type flavor to them, which is kind of interesting. So don't forget about a little bit of lemon in your in your herb garden as you're considering it. The other family of herbs that we really can't forget um, brings us around to one of my favorite holidays, which is Thanksgiving, and that's sage. Um, sage officinalis is the sage that we tend to, to eat. Uh, it's a cooking sage. It has the gray leaf, but it also comes in a variegated form, a tricolor leaf sage. Uh, has the same aromatic quality, same flavor uh, that we enjoy with our uh, turkey and dressing at Thanksgiving. Uh, but that's a, a wonderful plant and it's not used enough throughout the, the year, but I like it a lot on meats and things like that, even, even through the summer. Uh, so, uh, and it also has a beautiful blue flower on it or purple flower. So consider it. But what's amazing about sage is that it's in the salvia family, and that's a woody sage that we use, the salvia officinalis. It's woody like the rosemary. Um, but there are other uh, members of the family, the salvias, that you all know, and we grow a lot of them at Moss Mountain Farm, everything from Mexican sage with its velveteen blue flowers to um, one called black and blue. Um, there are lots of different reds that we grow. Wendy's Wish is a pink one we grow. And if you're trying to attract pollinators and you love hummingbirds in your garden, then some of these salvias or sages are, are an absolute must. So what I like to think about with these herbs is how can I effectively kind of mix them among vegetables and flowers in a garden where I can create some real diversity and uh, really heighten the activity, uh, sort of the fantasticology, if you will, of the space you're working in, where you're selecting these, these plants that are super uber bloomers uh, and planting lots of those in juxtaposition with things that uh, require pollination. And so you attract the pollinator that then uh, jumps from the blooms of a flower to the blooms of a fruit, and you know what the benefit there is. And then of course the, the honey that they can produce by drawing the nectar when you start talking about the honeybee. But anyway, this whole idea of, of creating a little ecology, no matter if you have an apartment terrace or a small patio with clustered containers or a small sunny backyard where you can do a few raised beds, integrating these plants I think goes a long way to, to helping the planet. Um, one theme of, of herbs, which is kind of fun, I wrote an article about this some time ago, are the five top herbs uh, I would have around for cocktails or drinks. So 
you might check out that, that article. Um, the link is posted here below. So check it out. They're some of the best to have around, uh, particularly late in the afternoon when it's time to have a little, little drink. Well, I hope you found this little 101 on herbs helpful. Um, I'd love to hear your comments. You may have some experiences with herbs and ways to grow them that could be helpful to our friends uh, out there. So please share them with us and look forward to next time where we'll be talking about something great from the garden. Today's show is brought to you by Gilbert H. Wild and Son, Sun Patience, Arkansas Parks and Tourism, Ralston Family Farms, First Community Bank, and Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. For more information, log on to pallensmith.com. And for a video replay of this podcast, subscribe to P. Allen Smith's YouTube channel and sign up for notifications.